This subject we're looking at this morning is challenging. I know that. I know it will cause some difficulty for some of you. But I want to encourage you to go to your Bibles, open the Bible, check the truth for yourself, then follow what Jesus is calling you to. God bless. This is a challenging teaching that we're about to look at. I believe it's one of those teachings in the Bible that cuts straight to the heart. In fact, if you're going to open your Bible and you're prepared to study it and read it, you're going to find all the way through the Bible teachings, doctrines that will cut you right to the very depths of your heart. And I believe this is one. And I I, I don't take a backward step in saying I hope, I pray that it challenges you. And may you not leave this place without, without at least being encouraged to think for yourself and look at what the Bible actually has to say. I have called this subject, What's the Big Deal About the Seventh Day Sabbath? What's the big deal about the Seventh Day Sabbath? I want to pray because I I feel this morning that we need the presence of the God. We need him here to open our minds so that we can understand what we're looking at. So let's ask the Lord to be with us this morning. Jesus You are a great God, a a wonderful Saviour, and we come before you this morning and we beg you, Lord, we pray deeply that you will be here in the church, that you'll touch the minds of the listeners, that they'll see the truth of what the Bible has to say on this subject for themselves. Lord, I'm a feeble servant, many weaknesses, touch me, give me clearness of thought. And may the words that come to my mouth, the the thoughts that come to my mind, may they be your thoughts and your words, I pray. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing our prayer. We pray now this in your name. Amen. What's the big deal about the seventh day Sabbath? I was one of those fortunate pastors. When I came out of college as a young man, the first three years I spent on the Gold Coast. Well, that was a great place for a young single pastor to be. And I really, I look back on the Gold Coast and those three years with with great affection. Well, I I met a young lady. I fell in love and and praise the Lord, she fell in love with me. And we got married. And uh, in my fourth year as a pastor, I moved because of the church, the organisation that I worked for, the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Queensland. They moved me from the Gold Coast to the Sunshine Coast. Not a difficult move. One of those moves you're happy to make. And so I took my new bride, my brand new bride, to live on the Sunshine Coast. We had a a beautiful one-acre property up there, and it was living at its best. I went up there as a youth pastor. I was looking after seven different churches as a youth pastor, and the pastor, the church pastor, of a tiny little church in Landsborough, South Queensland, not far from Australia Zoo, where the crocodile hunter comes from. Well, I enjoyed my time up there. Of course, on the Sunshine Coast, there were a number of other Adventist churches, at least seven or eight. And it was... You know, you, you, you sometimes have experiences that you'll never forget. And I'll never forget this particular day because I was in my office, I was doing some Bible study, I remember it like it was yesterday, and I got a phone call and there was a distraught woman on the other end of the phone. And she said, Lloyd, and I quickly realised that it was the wife of the next door pastor, the pastor who had a church over the way from me, Seventh-day Adventist Church. And she said, Lloyd, Lloyd, and she was crying and she was weeping, She said, my husband has just had a heart attack. He's the pastor. He's just had a heart heart attack. And, And Lloyd, and I could hear the tears on the phone. She said, Lloyd, he's died. 
Well, that was a great shock to me because this particular man was a good friend of mine and it was quite confronting to see a pastor on the front line die in service to the Lord. Well, this particular pastor had been running an outreach program. An outreach program is a program where, where to the community we share in a, in a local hall the, the love of Jesus Christ and how much he loves them and how much he wants to save them. And this pastor had been running an outreach program and there were 12 people, 12 precious souls that had been listening to him and they, they were going through Bible studies learning more and more about Jesus. Well, after the funeral, the pastor's wife came to me and she said, Lloyd, would you take over the Bible studies of these 12 people? Well, it was the very least I could do. Now, I want to tell you that in almost 20 years of ministry, I've done many, many Bible studies. But this Bible study group that I did was one of the best I've ever had. We would meet on a Tuesday night from 7.30 to 8.30 to study the Word of God. It was thrilling. Oh, I'd go there. These people were hungry for Jesus. Everything I, I shared with them from the Bible, they just drank it in. It was one of the best Bible studies, as I said, that I've ever had. And these people were making decision after decision after decision for Jesus. And we got to the night. We were to do a Bible study on the seventh day Sabbath. Remember the title of today's Bible study? What's the big deal about the seventh day Sabbath? I'm a seventh day Adventist. Happy to acknowledge that. Glad to be one. Seventh-day Adventists make a big deal about the Seventh-day Sabbath, but it seems like the entire Protestant world ignores the Seventh-day Sabbath. And many will look at Adventists and they say, well, what's the big deal about the Seventh-day Sabbath? Well, there's got to be something because that night I went through the Bible study and I showed them how in Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 to 3, the Sabbath was made by God and given to man at creation. I showed them how in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 to 11, God gave the Sabbath to Israel in the form of the Ten Commandments. And not only did he give it to Israel, he gave the seventh day Sabbath to man. I then went on and I showed them in Luke chapter 4, verse 16, how the seventh day Sabbath is the day that Jesus, Jesus, the Saviour of the world, the King of the universe, it was the seventh day Sabbath that Jesus chose to worship his Father on. Jesus, you can look at it any way you like, you can search the Bible from end to end, the seventh day Sabbath is the day that Jesus worshipped God. That was his holy day, that was the day he spent with his God. I then took them to Acts. You can go to Acts chapter 17 verse 2, Acts chapter 18 verse 4, right through the book of Acts. This is a fact. And I shared it with them that night. You can see that the seventh day Sabbath was the holy day of the early apostolic church. In fact, uh, you can go from one end of the Bible to the other. And you'll not find any, let me say it again, You can go from one end of the Bible to the other. You will find absolutely none, 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 no, no evidence whatsoever of the seventh day Sabbath being replaced by the first day Sunday. It's not there. Now, I know some of you watching this on television. This can be a confronting subject. You know what to do? Open the Bible for yourself. Don't take any notice of what these Adventists are saying if you choose not to. Look at the Bible for yourself. You'll find that from Genesis to Revelation, the Bible is encouraging people to keep the seventh, to to celebrate with Jesus the seventh day Sabbath. There never was a change. Well, 
You could see the tension building on the faces and in the hearts of these people as I shared these subjects. These people were my friends. These were people that I had established a close relationship with over many months. They had, let me tell you, these people had accepted some very, very testing Bible doctrines. Don't let anybody tell you that coming to Jesus is a walk in the park because coming to Jesus is an experience that encompasses your whole life. Everything changes. And these people had been going through these changes. But on this night, you could feel the tension in the air. And finally we came to the conclusion of that Bible study. And any good pastor who's sharing Jesus with the community knows you never do a Bible study without asking people to make a decision. And so we'd been through the Bible study. I'd show them clearly that the seventh day Sabbath is the day that God still expects people to come and worship him. And I made the call. Who would like to make a decision tonight to start keeping the seventh day Sabbath with Jesus. And you know, I looked around that circle because we would sit around the table of 12 people. And I saw one, two, three, four drop their heads, five, six, until I looked around and every single person had their heads dropped and there was not one single response to that call that night. And I walked out of that Bible study devastated. And I thought to myself, what's the big deal about the seventh day Sabbath? Not one of those people said to me, it's not in the Bible. Not one of them said to me, oh, I can't see it, it doesn't make sense. Not one of them could take me to a single scripture of a passage of scripture that, that talked about Sunday as being the replacement day of the seventh day biblical Sabbath. Not one. In fact, they all said to me, we can see it. But as they dropped their heads, they just said, we don't want anything to do with it. And you know, tragedy of tragedies, that was the last Bible study we ever had with that group. None of them ever came back, my friends. And I never saw them again. Now I want to ask you, what's the big deal about the seventh day Sabbath? Why does our world, let me take it further, why does the Christian world struggle so much in accepting the seventh day Sabbath? It's there. Go to any of your pastors, ask them, it's there. It can't be ignored, it's like a mountain in the Bible. You can't go over it, you can't go under it, you can't go around it, you can't go through it. It's there for all to see if you choose to open your Bible and see. But what's the big deal? Why are people struggling so much with it? Well, I want to take you to a little passage of Scripture this morning. And perhaps this little passage of Scripture might give you just a glimpse of why the seventh day Sabbath is such an issue as people are coming to Jesus Christ. If you've got a Bible, I'd like to invite you to turn to Revelation chapter 14. And we're going to look particularly this morning at verse 6 and verse 7. Revelation chapter 14 verse 6. The Bible says, now follow this closely. Then I saw, now this is John the Revelator. He's an old man. He was a disciple of Jesus. They think he probably started following Jesus when he was 16 years old. He was a young man when he first met Jesus and he fell, fell deeply in love with Jesus Christ. 
He lived his whole life for Jesus. He preached, he taught, he was fearless. He was one of the great disciples who, who, who set the foundations of the, of the Christian, the early apostolic church. By the time he was an old man, tradition, I think there's some truth to tradition, says he was taken to Rome. There Nero threw him into a pot of oil because he would not give up this, this foolishness of Jesus. He would not burn. And so they sent him to the island of Patmos, an old man, and there he was to spend the rest of his life breaking rocks on this hot, desert, stony island. And it was on this island as an old man bent over with age that John had his finest hour with God. Because God gave this old apostle who had been walking with him for so long, God gave this old apostle who had been walking with Jesus so long a vision The book of Revelation, a book that has transfixed the world, a book that talks about end times. And in this vision, John has a dream. And in this dream, we find, I believe, something out very interesting about the seventh day Sabbath. And I believe it is a key to why it is so difficult for people to accept it. All around the world, difficult for them to to incorporate into their hearts. Revelation chapter 14, verse 6, the Bible says, Then I saw another angel. An angel's a messenger. So the Bible's saying, I saw a messenger flying in the midair. In other words, this messenger is in the air and it's going to go right around the whole world. I saw another angel, a messenger, flying in the midair. And he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language and people. Oh, this is challenging. This is a trumpet call. There's an angel flying around the world. And he's crying out a message that the whole world needs to hear. Now, I want to I challenge you this morning. Who is that angel? Who is that angel who's given, given the responsibility to proclaim to all those who live on earth, to every nation, tribe and people, who is this angel that must proclaim the gospel? Have a look at Matthew chapter 28. Oh, I love this, this area of scripture. Matthew chapter 28. These particular two verses, verse 19 and 20, are why I'm a pastor and why I'll be a pastor until the day I die. I take this seriously. Jesus is about to go back to heaven. He died on the cross. He's risen. Oh, praise God we serve a risen Lord. He's risen from the dead. And there he is with his disciples about to go back up into the heavens. That's a good story. Read it in Matthew 28 if you have the time. And Jesus leaves to the church. That's you, that's me. That's those who follow him. He leaves a message and here it is and what a wonderful message it is. Jesus says, verse 19, Therefore go, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And Jesus leaves us with a promise. He says, and surely I'll be with you even to the end of the world. Here's here's the challenge. Jesus says it is our responsibility to share with the world the story of his love. And oh, if if ever the, the, the story of the love of Jesus needs to go out to a broken, wounded, dark world, it's now. Now let's go back to Revelation chapter 14. Then I saw another angel flying in the midair. And he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language and people. Oh, the language sounds similar, doesn't it? Go ye therefore and teach all nations. That's Matthew 28. Revelation 14, there's an angel and he said, he's told to go and proclaim the gospel to every nation, tribe, language and people. Who is this angel? I'll tell you who he is. It's you. If you've got Jesus in your heart, if he lives deep down inside you, You are the angel. Angel just means messenger. You are the messenger. 
And you are how the gospel, the story of Jesus and his love for broken men will go to the world. Now let's look at this because this is where it gets interesting. And remember we're talking about what's the big deal about the Sabbath. Verse 7. He, the angel, the messenger, said in a loud voice, Fear God. This is a message that must go to the world before Jesus comes. Fear God. We live in a world that does not fear God. Has no respect for God. In fact, I believe that perhaps a great majority of the population of this world doesn't even believe that God exists. And yet, despite what we hear on the news, despite what we hear in the newspapers we read for ourselves, despite what the great scientists of the world say, God does exist. And how do I know? Because he lives deep, deep down in my heart. The Bible says we are to tell people to fear God and to give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come. Fear God. When's his judgment? Oh, It'll be judgment day when the sky splits open. We'll read First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 to 18. When the, when the sky splits open and Jesus comes back to this world, oh, here, as surely as I stand here, Jesus is physically returning to this earth. And he's coming back for those who love him. The dead, those who have died in Christ, loving him, will be risen up from their graves. Read 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 to 18. Go to 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 54. It's clear. Go and have a look at Matthew 24, verse 30, 31. Jesus is coming. Matthew 24, Luke 21. All the signs that tell us what it will be like on the earth before Jesus comes are happening. Jesus is coming. And the Bible says that we are uh, to give this message, fear God, because the hour of his judgment has come, because Jesus is coming. Now look at this, look at this, because I'm going to challenge you this morning that the Sabbath is the issue between God and the devil. The Sabbath is the issue between light and darkness. And it's the Sabbath, it's the seventh day Sabbath that the world's crying out for. Look at this. Look at it for yourself. He said, this is the angel, it's you, it's a message you're to give to the world. He said, in a loud voice, so everybody needs to hear it, fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. And then look at this, worship, I'll say it again, worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea and the springs of water. Worship him. What's that got to do with the Sabbath? I want you to look at those words carefully. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the seas and the springs of water. Now come with me to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. I'm going to read to you verse 1 through to 3. Thus the heavens, and I'm in Genesis 1 at the end of the chapter, verse 31. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. God had just finished creating the world. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating he had done. At the end of creation, God creates the seventh day Sabbath for you and me. But it doesn't end there. 
Because I want to take you to one more verse this morning. Exodus, Exodus chapter 20. And I want you to look at the way the words are written by Moses. And then I want you to go back with me to Revelation 14 and see how John wrote this great call to worship God. Look at this, chapter 20, verse 8. Remember, this is in the Ten Commandments. Why is it that the fourth commandment, the Sabbath, is the one that has been abolished by the Christian church? All other nine count except this one. It doesn't make sense. But here it is, the fourth commandment, right in the middle. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. On it, God says, you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son nor your daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. Four and six days. Look at this. The Lord made the heavens. Look at it. In six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Let me say that again. For in six days, we're in verse 11. The Lord made the heavens, the Lord made the earth, the Lord made the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh. Now let's go back to Revelation 14. Have a look at the tie here of words. Verse 7 of Revelation 14. Worship him who made the heavens, who made the earth, who made the seas and the springs of water. John has gone back to Genesis and Exodus. He is using the same terminology that Moses did to describe what God is calling for. It is terminology taken right out of the heart of the commands to keep and worship God on the seventh day Sabbath. Well, I want to tell you here this morning that God is calling the world in verse 7 back to worshipping him on the seventh day Sabbath. So what's the big deal? The seventh day Sabbath is more than obedience. The seventh day Sabbath is more than loyalty. Let me show you this text. It's the last one. Daniel chapter 12 verse 1. The Bible says, at that time, Michael, who is Jesus, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. He's in heaven. The Bible says he'll stand up. And he says, just after he stands up, there will be, look at verse 1, a time of distress such has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, this time of distress, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Look, 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 look. As I close this this morning, get this, because this is about your life. And it's about your eternity. Jesus says that just before he returns, well, go and read Matthew 24. Go and look in the Bible at Luke 21. Have a look at the signs that tell us what the world will be like just before Jesus comes. They're all being fulfilled. He says, just before I return, he says, there will be a time of distress like the world has never seen. I've done a history degree, a lot of it in ancient history. I want to tell you, the world has had some terrible times. Oh, I think of the Middle Ages when thousands, millions of people died for their faith. In Jesus Christ. I think of the depression. I think of the great wars. We've been through terrible times of distress. But the Bible says just before Jesus comes there will be a time of distress like the world has never seen. Now let me tell you something. If you're going to make it through that time of distress, then you better know Jesus Christ. Because only Jesus will get you through. And let me tell you as I conclude this this morning, that the Sabbath is more than loyalty, it's more than obedience. The Sabbath is time set aside by Jesus, Friday sunset to Saturday night sunset. That's what the Bible says, read Genesis 1. 
It's time set aside by Jesus to spend time with you. You and him together. You and him together are strong. You and him together are powerful. There is no distress that the world can throw at you. There is nothing Satan can tempt you with that you and Jesus cannot have the victory over. You can even with Jesus go through a time of distress like the world has never seen. What's the big deal about the Sabbath? It's you, it's Jesus spending time together. And in together you are powerful. Together you are undefeatable. And if I was a devil, and I'm not, praise the Lord, but if I was a devil and I was looking at the Christian church, the one commandment I'd attack, I'd attack more than the other, would be the Sabbath. Why? Because it's designed by God for you and Him. And if Satan can get in the middle of that, and if he can fracture that relationship, then he can fracture you. And probably have the victory in your life. As I close, I wish I could say that this world is headed for good times. It's not. And if we're going to go through the hard times ahead of us, we need the Sabbath. Why? Because the seventh day Sabbath is all about Jesus. And I could wish you a lot of things as I close, but what I wish you more than anything else is Jesus. Jesus of the seventh day Sabbath. And he is calling you today into a relationship with him that will go to a deeper level, a relationship based in and on the Seventh-day Sabbath. Will you respond? Will you respond to his call? Let's pray. Jesus, I know the Sabbath is a big deal because it's designed for you and me. It's designed for you to spend time with people so that they can get strength from your strength, courage from your courage, wisdom and love from your wisdom and love. Please, Lord, if nothing else, direct people to the Bible and help them to find this wonderful truth themselves, I pray. In your name, amen. These subjects we speak about, we preach about, and we teach at Wurunga Seventh-day Adventist Church are challenging. I know that, but I want to challenge you again to go to the Bible. See whether or not these doctrines, these truths are there. And then make a decision for yourself and what God is calling you to. If you don't have a Bible, I'd like to offer you a free one. You can write, you can email or you can call us. And we'll be happy to give you a free Bible for you to check for yourself. God bless.